welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Elemental Evan Show. Super excited to have you guys all here today, and I'm happy to be wrapping up the fourth episode of the Mushroom Masterclass. Uh, today, we are going to be covering a very interesting mushroom that does some really cool stuff, but also just looks really interesting. Um, and so, yeah, that mushroom is Cordyceps. And on that note, I want to cover a few little topics here quickly. So first off, just want to check in with everybody, see how everyone's doing this week. And also, I wanted to mention that both Ashley and I are officially done with our elimination diet. I'm very happy to be done, but uh, also very excited to now know that I have you know, specific foods that are triggering me. So for example, milk and cheese are definitely two trigger foods for me, whereas kefir, which is a type of, um, think of like a yogurt, that does not cause any issues for me. I think that's probably in part due to the fermentation process as well as uh, uh, probiotics that are in there. And also butter. Butter is okay with me. It doesn't seem to have the same effect. So that's awesome. And on that note, there's also oils that cause issues for me. That would be the other big one, I would say. So what oils? Well, specifically canola oil, vegetable oil, and soy oil. So in general, those oils cause issues for many people. Actually, they are known to cause a lot of inflammation in your gut, especially when they're being used to cook things or fry things. I didn't know that it was going to affect me so badly until I found out that I was having some beans and rice that definitely had some canola oil in it and it gave me some serious stomach pains and cramps. And then further testing on it, yeah, it definitely came out that those were causing me some big issues. So on that note for everyone, if you have canola, vegetable or soy oil in your pantry, go throw it out right now and replace it with a high quality oil like organic avocado oil, uh, ghee, which is, you know, clarified butter. Uh, those two are really, really good for cooking with. They have high smoke smoking points and they're just a lot cleaner. And then on that note, olive oil, which is super good for you. Uh, you can cook at a low heat with that, but it's best to just use it as a topper. So maybe after you're done cooking food, you could top the food with olive oil, or you can go ahead and, uh, cook with it on a very low heat. But other than that, yeah, that's pretty much the main trigger foods for me. So I'm really happy to finally have a better understanding of that. As well, I will be going over my results from Viome, which is a gut intelligence test with you when I get those results back. And I will explain um, kind of what that all is in a future episode. So let's get into it. <laughs> Cordyceps, this is a really, really cool mushroom or fungi, I should say. And on that note, let's uh, let's go ahead and just explain what cordyceps is. So cordyceps is a parasitic fungus that actually grows on a caterpillar in the Tibetan plateau uh, traditionally. And what it does is it it goes into the larva or like the eggs of the caterpillar and then ends up overtaking the caterpillar and growing out of the head of the caterpillar. So it consumes this caterpillar completely and kills it and grows this um, kind of a dark, like blackish brown colored uh, mushroom, I guess you'd call it. It really looks really weird. 
and uh, they can grow up to about six inches long, which is pretty large because the caterpillar looks to be mm, maybe like four inches long. If you're able to just hop on a computer right now and look up cordyceps, it's spelled C-O-R-D-Y-C-E-P-S. And yeah, you can see just a bunch of these photos of it. It's really interesting looking, but, uh, and that's also where it gets its name. So cordyceps is actually, um, it's a lat derived from two Latin words. So cord, which means club, and then uh, seps meaning head. And so obviously it's a club coming out of the caterpillar's head. These mushrooms can be grown indoors or in a you know in a greenhouse or something like that but they're traditionally grown on rice medium once again which is why you should be buying the fruiting body because you don't want to pay money for rice powder okay let's dive into its historical use so cordyceps has been a staple in uh, traditional chinese medicine for at least 2000 to 5000 years an extremely long time basically and as i've stated before i really like when um well you wouldn't call it a plant medicine because it's not a plant but you know these traditional medicines have been used for a long time i really enjoy that because if they're still being used to this day obviously there's some really powerful benefits to them now the cordyceps mushroom can actually fetch a price of at least nine thousand dollars per pound on the market so it's by far the larger the most expensive mushroom that i'm covering as of yet and the reason for the high price is just due to the difficulty in cultivating the mushroom in the wild because well first off it's at a extremely high altitude so they grow traditionally around 3800 meters which is roughly 12500 feet so already they're extremely high up they're uh, traditionally on the tibetan plateau so you know that's where the himalayas are and obviously mount everest so it's an extremely high uh, altitude right also these mushrooms are somewhat rare to actually find in the wild. Uh, that's for a few reasons. And one of the big reasons, though, is just the over harvesting that has happened in the recent years due to uh, the popularity it's gained. And also, there's kind of some turf wars going on and uh, over these mushrooms, specifically uh, between Tibet and China, which uh, obviously Tibet is part of China now. But yeah, these boundaries of, you know, kind of like traditional harvesting methods and then uh, modern harvesting methods. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the reason for the high price. Obviously, the indoor grown version of cordyceps is much more cost effective. You can actually go to a store and purchase it without literally emptying your savings account. Yeah, they're about just as expensive as any other mushroom is. However, I do think and well, not just that I think, but I've also read quite a bit that growing these mushrooms indoors does alter the benefits of it slightly because, you know, now they're being grown on rice as opposed to traditionally on the caterpillar. Uh, so there are and then also the the altitude that we're growing them indoors. They tend to be much, at much lower altitudes, which can change the property of the cordyceps mushroom. But obviously we're not going to go spend nine thousand dollars on some mushrooms so the indoor grown ones will do fine and they also do have a ton of benefits to them still uh that is not me trying to diss them it's just obviously there's going to be a little bit of a variation there 
So anyways, uh, you're probably wondering how the heck did people even start eating these mushrooms or consuming them? Well, according to the folklore, supposedly these uh, farmers and herders were observing their animals eating wild or this wild fungus and then growing strong in the process. And so then they started to make, you know, these different tonics and and uh, teas out of it to improve their own health, which they were traditionally using it mainly to treat respiratory disorders, uh, such as like coughs, colds, um, as well as liver damage. It has a, a really beneficial properties for liver damage as well as actually heart health. So this is going to bring me to the first and biggest health property of this mushroom, which is the ability to improve athletic performance. So this is a study I actually didn't know about, but was probably pretty big. Well, this is the year I was born in, so obviously I wouldn't know of it. But in 1993, during the World Olympics, there were nine women from the Chinese uh, women's track and field team, and they broke nine world records by substantial margins. And when this happened, there was the, you know, the governing body of or the governing sports authority body of the Olympics. They basically just thought that, okay, these ladies are doping or, you know, using some kind of drug. So they stripped them of their medals. And when they did that, the Chinese coach came forward and said, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm actually I've been giving them cordyceps and that's the reason for the enhancement in their performance. So obviously these women went under a, a drug test and they all passed. So none of them were taking drugs. And uh, yeah, so the obviously they trained very hard, but their little upper edge was attributed to possibly the intake of cordyceps. So how does cordyceps basically make you a better athlete? Well, there's a lot of research based out of China, and that makes sense because the historical use is from China. So obviously they would be doing most of the research on it. And they have found that cordyceps is able to increase your adenosine triphosphate or ATP at a cellular level and increase oxygen utilization in the body. What does all of that mean? It just means that you will have an increase of useful energy which is obviously huge as an athlete, being that you are going to try to get any upper edge that you can. And if you can have uh, you know, access to more energy, then why wouldn't you use that, right? So that's really the biggest health benefit or at least the most studied health benefit of this fungi. Now, I'm over here wondering where the heck this was when I was actually playing my sports. Really wish that I would have known of these different mushrooms and, uh, you know, health foods and, and good diets when I was actually an athlete. But it's all good. Still know about it now. And, and for those of you who are athletes, this could be a really good mushroom for you to start taking. And then also, if you're just wanting an upper edge in your uh, performance and the gym or whatever kind of physical exercise you do, this is also going to help with that. Now, it's not only good for increasing your athletic performance. It's also good for a slew of other things, which I'm going to name off. I'm not going to get very in-depth on them. But once again, uh, all of these mushrooms kind of do similar functions in the body. Just they have a little bit of a a variation in what they actually do. So for example, uh, cordyceps, it increases your immune function, just like all the other mushrooms do. However, this one uh, specifically is shown to help with conditions such as Crohn's disease, arthritis, leaky gut, and asthma. 
That's largely because of its anti-inflammatory properties. And yeah, so as you can see, it's a little bit more specific, whereas the other mushrooms would be more specific towards other, you know, immune function properties or just your immune function, I guess. So also on that note, the cordyceps mushroom is known to slow aging and promote mental clarity due to its high levels of antioxidants, which as we know, literally all of these mushrooms have high levels of antioxidants with shaga being the number one on that list. I've already stated that it improves athletic performance as well. It can help you in the bed if you are having some issues there. So it does enhance sexual function as well as uh, can possibly help with uh, issues with infertility. Uh, it also regulates blood sugar levels and supports heart health, which the heart health one is a really big piece that they've done research on. And that's mainly due to the fact that it really benefits your respiratory system largely. So yeah, those are the main overall health properties of this mushroom. That's not to say there isn't more because there definitely is, but those are the main ones. And so on that note, I just wanted to kind of explain that I really think it's so interesting how a lot of these, you know, plants or fungi or uh, any, you know, how they have medicinal properties and those medicinal properties are typically specific to the area that they come from. For example, this one is good at increasing your energy levels and increasing your utilization of oxygen in the body by promoting overall lung health, you know, which is really cool because obviously this thing grows at 12,500 feet. So it's very specific to that region. It's helping people, you know, increase their lung capacity and, and lung uh, utilization of oxygen. So it's really neat. I love to see how these different, you know, plants and fungi are able to do things that are specific to the area. So I'm going to jump to a quick other mushroom I know a little bonus mushroom in here for you guys. And the reason I'm doing this one is just because I would be really be doing you a disservice if I did a whole mushroom masterclass and didn't even touch on this one. So you could probably already guess what I'm, where I'm going with this, but I'm going to be talking about the hallucinogenic mushroom or psychoactive fungi, you know, psilocybin basically, uh, which is the main component of these, you know, quote unquote magic mushrooms. And really what the whole thing going on with uh, these, you know, magic mushrooms or psilocybin is really the benefits that it can show uh, with regards to PTSD. So as we know with PTSD, what what is PTSD? Well, it's, it's really an involuntary emotional reaction to a past event, right? A memory. So when that memory is, re, you know, kind of reignited, in the head or just, you know, ex experience throughout life, uh, you have this involuntary emotional reaction to that event. Well, what's really, really neat is that psilocybin has been shown actually in a 2013 study from the University of South Florida to stimulate neurogenesis, which neurogenesis is the growth or the birth of uh, neurons in the hippocampus which the hippocampus is the brain center for emotion and memory. So the reason that's so huge is because, as I said, PTSD is having that involuntary emotional response to a past event or memory. And what's this, what this is saying basically is that through psilocybin, we are able to kind of remove the emotion from that experience. So you can 
be the observer of that memory without having to have that involuntary emotional response. That's really huge because, you know, it's important to still have the memories and be able to recall on them and use them for growth purposes. But if you're having this involuntary emotional response, it's really hard to grow from that experience because you're being triggered, right? So as I said, that's the reason I really wanted to hit on psilocybin is just because it has huge benefits with that. Um, and then on that note, it tends to be that people only have to take psilocybin once or twice. Whereas with any other, you know, pharmaceutical or plant medicine, I mean, it's always about consistency and, you know, taking that over a period of time to receive the uh, results. Whereas this is just a once or twice go and then people are switched, you know, they have a, uh, an epiphany or, or they just change as a, as a person, which is really, really interesting. Also on that note, I thought this was really interesting and if you listen to uh, Joe Rogan, you've probably already heard of this hypothesis, but there is a hypothesis out there called the stoned ape hypothesis. It was developed in 1992 by Terence McKenna, a ethnobotanist and psychedelics advocate. So basically McKenna believed that through the consumption of, you know, magic mushrooms or psilocybin, our brains were able to shift and kind of you know, start questioning things you wouldn't normally question and started to make our brain's information processing capabilities change, which basically, I guess, like kickstarted the rapid um, development of our of our brains. And once again, this is a hypothesis. I'm not saying this is actually true, but I do think that it's very it's an interesting hypothesis. And I think there's also some solid research kind of backing this up because it really it really will, and by the way, I have never um, done magic mushrooms, so uh, really, you know, take me out of the equation on that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as an outsider on it, obviously, but I still find this really, really interesting, and I think there's some good benefits to uh, the, the mushroom in terms of, you know, the PTSD, but yeah, so it could shift the brain, right? Make the brain start thinking in a different manner. Now, on that note, there are other hypotheses, uh, regarding why our brains developed as fast and as big as they did. And the other really prominent one would be Richard Rangham's theory um, or hypothesis on the fact that we started cooking food and that led to our gr the growth of our brain. And the reason that is, is just simply, if you look at any primate, that what do they have? They have really large jaws, large teeth, uh, really big guts so they can develop or they can digest all these raw plant materials. Whereas our, you know, obviously our jaws, jaws are not as strong and large, our teeth are smaller, our guts are smaller, and it's very plausible that the fact that we started cooking food, which allows you to actually receive more calories from the food than if you were to just eat it raw. So if you ate, you know, uh, if you're eating this food that you're receiving more energy from, but it's requiring uh, less work from your body, that your body is able to use that extra energy to thus grow other parts such as your brain. So I think that is a really pretty plausible one as well. Maybe it's a combination. I don't know. There's also the idea that once we started eating seafood due to its high levels of omega threes and sixes that that could have also led to some brain development. Like I said, could be a combination, could be one, who knows. But just wanted to throw that out there for you guys too, because uh, I thought it was super interesting to go over. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. I just wanted to, like I said, hit on that last mushroom there, but 
thank you guys so much for this. Uh, I hope this really helps a lot of you. I hope that you are able to go back and listen to these episodes as you need as time goes on. If you, you know, have certain ailments or something and you remember me talking about them in one of these podcasts, go ahead and listen back and and check up on them. So really, once again, guys, super thankful for all of you listeners out there. It's been so humbling to just receive the the you know positive messages from all of you and the different shout outs from all of you. It's just been very heartwarming and I thank you guys very much. I'm looking forward to my next episode because I will most likely be having our first ever guest <laughs> on this uh, podcast, which is really cool. And yeah, I think you guys are really going to enjoy the next podcast. Please stay tuned. Subscribe if you haven't already and give a five star rating if you're able to. Thank you guys all so, so much. I'm so grateful for all of your uh, your support and your love that you guys give. So thank you. Have a wonderful week and stay healthy, guys. All right. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Thank you.